Welcome to Sister Speak Fringe, where we discuss the final season of the Fox series Fringe from a sister's point of view. I'm Sister J. And I'm Sister K. And welcome to episode 34. Let's get started. Okay. All right. Well, we are <clears throat> finally back yep. to talk about Fringe. And we are going to do a double episode today where we discuss the bullet that saved the world and an origin story. Yep. Both of them. Both of them. Because they were both excellent. Excellent and episodes. surprising. Well, yeah. yes. Yeah. They were excellent very, and surprising. The first one was very surprising. So. Okay. So the bullet that saved the world. Okay. So we first <clears throat> see Peter mm-hmm. out at night in this little new world. Siphoning gas from cars to get gas for their car. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was cracking me up. And he stops and at this shop. like junk shop. It's a pawn shop. Yeah, type shop. And is looking around at all the stuff and sees a Simon game that we used to have back in the day. Remember that simple Simon? Yeah. Little thing. And he's really there to look for a necklace, but before he can even say it to the clerk. An observer appears behind him and says, is this what you're looking for? And hands him a necklace. Man, I hate that them observers know what you're thinking and everything. Well, first of all, where the F did he come from? Well, they can just teleport. All but the time. why did he have to teleport there is what I'm saying. Because he saw Peter go in there. I don't, well, that, yeah, maybe that's it. Well, but. he did. Why? I mean, them observers are walking all around. Yes, but why are they just <clears throat> randomly going into that building is what I wanted to know. Anyway. So anyway, so um, uh, so he's kind of reading Peter's mind saying, oh, well, who is this for? Oh, a blonde woman. Oh, and so Peter's like, yeah, um, okay, so you're reading my mind. And the observer notices that he's ha- kind of bothered by it. Uh-huh. Peter's basically just trying to hurry up and get out and pay for this shit. Yeah. The, the little clerk is not making it easier because he keeps commenting on the money that he's giving him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't oh. seen one of these in a long yeah. time. Yeah. So oh. he finally gets out of there. <laughs> but before he can really leave, you know, they're doing a raid with the um, mm-hmm. loyalists down the street. So before he can even really take out the observer's there and it's like, what's going on? Or mm-hmm. what's wrong? Peter's got to jack the dude. Yep. Bust him with the uh, gas can, just book out running. <laughs> Which, of course, alerts them to his presence. Well, I mean, so, of course, that by then, by that point, they know something's up. Yeah. So he uh, ducks down into a sewer, a manhole, into the sewers, and the loyalists don't want to follow him. No. Now, this is what I thought was strange about this. If you just got busted in the head by this dude, wouldn't you, as the observer, be the one to chase him? Because the observer wouldn't have been scared to go in the sewer. Well, but if you notice, those observers don't do a whole lot. They stand around and stuff, but they don't do a whole (laughs) lot of moving. No, think about it. They don't move their bodies a whole lot. Not unless they have to, like to catch a bullet or something. They don't even really move their body for that. They just disappear and reappear. No, well, no, but that one, they just go like that. And, yeah. You know, but they don't move their bodies much. So he's not going to expend no energy chasing Peter. Well, and then That's what the loyalists thing, are for. Well, this is another thing I thought of, too, is, well, if he's just appearing where he wants to appear, mm-hmm. why didn't he just appear in the sewer? Because they always just appear. Because they don't want to go down to the damn sewer. Well, 
I guess. I mean, that was my issue with oh, that. Scene. I didn't have a problem well, with that. If, the, if your thigh just got busted upside the head, now what's an observer? Gonna I would have flicked my ass. Wait a minute, down in the sewer. He didn't. Uh, they don't do anything. Think about it. They don't do anything. They don't move in any way that's gonna knock off their hat. They love them hats. Well, but Peter just knocked him out. I know. So if I was the observer, I'd be pissed, first of all. They don't have emotion like that. Well. See, you're missing the whole point. They do. No, they don't. Well, they don't show it. And I would have beamed or materialized myself next to him in the (laughs) sewer and popped him. You are forgetting. See, you're transferring what you would do onto the observer. You can't do that. The observer, they don't have feelings like that. They certainly don't display them. It's good for Peter that they don't. But I just was wondering, why wouldn't they? Well, they materialize everywhere the hell else. Well, but but no, of course not. They don't expend any energy doing nothing. That's what the loyalists are for. That's what they use the loyalists for. The loyalists go in all the nooks and crannies. They chase around people. They give them information and stuff. Yeah. All they do is breathe that nasty, stinky air. That's all they doing. I guess. You know. But anyway, so back at the Harvard, Astrid and Walter are retrieving the second tape from the Amber. And by that time, Peter returns and, and uh, um, he says that one of those observers, you know, read his mind and got an image of Etta. So she says, well, we know how to, uh, I know how to uh, uh, block the, the memories. And I can teach you. And I can teach you. And he said, oh, how long would that take? She said, oh, about a year. Well, the thing I liked about this scene that was nice. is Peter's like despondency about it because I know. this is how I would feel. I'm like, look, he says they're one step ahead of us every time. Yep. They could read what we're thinking. How, you know, he says, how can I block them? I, I don't know how we're going to beat them. Mm-hmm. And then Etta kind of says, look, we're going to do it one by one. Mm-hmm. And I've taught others. I will teach y'all yep. how to, how to just make a labyrinth. Or a maze of your thoughts. Yep. And that way they can't read They can't you. read you. Mm-hmm. So then he gives her the necklace to replace that one that they melted down. Yeah, that so, was a good scene. So she takes that little bullet that she kept and she mm-hmm. and she strings it on there. And I loved it when she was hugging him and he was like worth every bump and bruise. I know. Isn't up. that cute though? Yeah, I love that cute. line too when he yeah, said that. I like that. I tell you, I like their relationship. I like the way they show their relationship. Yeah, me too. Okay, so then that Captain Winmark, I don't like him, man. He's mean. But anyway, that Captain Winmark, he shows Philip Broyles the footage of, of uh, Peter, and he wonders, well, you know, why would a fugitive risk being captured for something so trivial and silly as a necklace? Which he didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Or what it was for. Something unexceptional is what he says. And he says that... Um, Two days ago, and then he tells Broyles, two days ago, one of your men failed a security test. So, you know, he's probably one of them resistance fighters. Mm-hmm. Oh, and... So he's getting suspicious. In this scene, at least on my TV, which is HD TV, <laughs> the way they have done the makeup on those uh, observers is so grainy looking. I know. Maybe it's it. just my TV. I, it just makes them look so rough. I think it's b- because you have the HD. I don't. Know. I don't have the HD, but but I know what you mean though because they do their skin, but, but they so are rough looking though. Rough and grainy, <clears throat> right? 
and but then their skin is. Yeah. And then the way that I knew something was up, just in the way that Philip was staring, just looking at him, not saying well, nothing. Well, first of all, your first clue was when he un- undid his holster. So he had ready access to his little gun and he kept his hand. That was a def- different scene, Sister J. No, it didn't. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. But that's later on in the show. Okay. But this is the way that Philip or Broyles just kept looking at him. And when he said, well, there's a security breach and Philip just looks at him and says, well, how come I didn't know about this? And when Mark says, yeah, I could ask you the same thing. How come you didn't know? Mm-hmm. Boom. So he's like, we're going to have to question this dude. Mm-hmm. And then in that scene, we can go ahead and go to that scene. Okay. Um, you know, they go back to the, the F fringe headquarters or whatever. And so, one of the other, another observer is questioning this loyalist person, whoever he is. I don't think we ever found out his name. Uh, Asking him questions like, where were you born? Where did you grow up? When did you go through the academy? Loyalist academy or whatever. Well, no, first of all, no, you're getting it mixed up. Well, no, we're, I'm skipping to that scene <clears throat> because we're talking about that scene. Right. And, but... but Broyles wasn't there at first. Broyles, yes, he was. He's in the observation room watching the whole thing. Well, that's true. So the the observer is questioning this guy, asking him questions. I'm thinking, well, how's he? That's a, how is that a security breach? Mm-hmm. And then it gets to okay. On the day of your graduation, was what was the weather like? And you could tell the dude just got sat he was there. sweating. And I was thinking, ah, shit. He was sweating. He's like, oh, it was, it was nice out. He's like, oh, really? Well, it started raining at 1030 and it rained the whole day. So yep. uh, how do you expect me to believe that it was nice out? Mm-hmm. So who is your main dude? So he starts torturing, well, not torturing, but reading well, his mind. It is kind of torture. Like they it did hurts. Walter. Yeah. Ooh, and I mean, I was cringing. That I know it. face. And, um, so it was torture. Well, yeah. And so he finds the word, the dove or the name dove, the dove. And so he asks the guy, well, who is he? Who is that? What's Mm -hmm. his real name? And he says, well, I don't know. I just know the dove. And then they flash to Phillip's face or Broyles' face. And you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's the deal? So when that observer gets finished, um, questioning the guy, he kind of turns and looks at Phillip through the window. Or the glass. Mm, yep. And I was thinking, oh shit. That's when he checks so his then, gun. Yeah, that's yeah. when Philip checks that's right. his gun, takes the little cap off the holster. But he keeps his hand on it the whole time. Real close to it. The that windmark comes the, in there. It's yep. not windmark, it's a different observer. Well, that's true. <clears throat> and so he's saying, well, and so Philip says, well, that's three times now we've heard that word, that mm-hmm. name, the dove. What do you think it means? And the observer's like, well, I think it must be something to do with the resistance and you could see him looking at Philip and Philip looking at him. I'm thinking, Ooh, Philip's trying to jack him or he's trying to get him away from his thoughts, his true thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that was really the first episode that I feel like I recognized what Broyles was doing. Yeah. I don't think I recognized it before, but he's been kind of, that's because they haven't shown him before at any length. Well, they've shown him, but I just haven't ever, correlated him and that blank stare with him trying to mask his mm-hmm. thoughts like edited. But well, another thing the observer said was that he got a glimpse of Harvard. Yes. And, that's and right. that agent's mind. And so 
Broyles, uh, he says, you know, didn't you have a connection with some people at Harvard? And Broyles is telling him, well, yeah, but, you know, that was a long time ago. And then the observer kind of just looks at him like, yeah, shit, mm-hmm. yeah, right, Whatever. you know. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and leaves, and, and that's when Philip, you know, Concise. releases his gun. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and I'm thinking, ooh, he was going to jack him he up. He was going to have to. He was going to jack him up. Well, during all this, right. you know... Um, Let's go back to the Walter. Walter is saying, look, they got one of the tapes out yep. and um, find out on the tape that they that Walter has this plan that he's hidden in a poster and he has decided or he has hidden it somewhere. And he wants him to know um, that he's got to go find it. So there he's given some clues. And while everybody's thinking, oh, crap, we got to go find another thing. And Walter says, well, hey, I've, I've already remembered where it probably is. And it's at Newark Penn Station um, underground. And so they all trek out to the Penn Station to uh, try to find this storage facility. Yep. Where he kept. Uh, oh, no, wait. Before they do that. Sorry, I'm getting. Ahead yeah, of you me. are. Um, so anyway, they. uh <clears throat> Finally get to the other side of the lab and go underground and Walter has kept all the evidence and files and bodies and nasty stuff from all the fringe events they have investigated. Right. They got the porcupine man down there. They got the window from the other side. Remember that one? They got the toxin that suffocates people by sealing all their orifices. Remember that one? That was a nasty episode. And so... We don't know that then. Well... (laughs) Yeah, because they're kind of looking around at all the different stuff. So Walter's telling them, okay, it's time for us to create our own little fringe event. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So Etta, well, we already know that Etta takes that bullet that she kept, and she strings it on her little chain everything. But this is where we find out the meaning of the episode, because she explains to Olivia... That this is the bullet that she found in their old house. Yes. And Olivia is looking at it and, and feeling it. And she says, yeah, Peter said that this was the bullet that saved the world. So that's that's what, that's the title of the episode. It's that little bullet mm-hmm. that was in their house. That, Which I think is the bullet that she used to, to shoot herself with in that one episode yep, last season. I think so. <clears throat> that they saved. And so yep. that is... You know, Olivia is looking at it and Edda's like, do you want it back? And Olivia's like, oh, no. I no, want, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. No. You know what the bullet was? I just rem- remembered. That was the bullet that Walter used to stop William Bell. Remember? Because I got a note. It was season four, episode 22, Brave New World Part Two. Right, she shot herself and that's how she did it because yeah. he wanted her. That's true. And to help them create the new world. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so while they're doing all this talking... And looking at all the old fringe events and trying to figure out what they're going to use. Um, <clears throat> by this point is what is when you know Broyles and the observers questioning it, questioning that uh, loyalist, and so they determine somebody's at Harvard Lab because they've overheard Anil right. say that. So they've been tracked to the lab. So Broyles quickly texts. Doesn't he call Edda? <clears throat> we don't know at well, the point at that point who he's calling, but he sends a text to somebody, and then all of a sudden Etta gets something that says, 
oh, uh, we've been found out. We got to go. Yeah. And Peter is asking her, well, who? Who told you? She's like, well, somebody that I trust. <clears throat> and so Peter and Olivia are saying, but um, Walter's saying, we can't leave here because we'll never be able to come back if we leave. Mm-hmm. And they find it. And so Olivia says, I have an idea. We need to re-amber the lab. Yep. Which is actually a smart that idea. That was smart. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when the um, observers and the loyalists get there, and they got Windmark with them too. Yes. Ooh, they do not see anything but a ambered lab, and uh-huh. they say, "Well, nobody's even been here. What's what's the deal?" <clears throat> so, so Windmark says, though, obviously Etta knows how to hide her thoughts. Therefore, maybe others do too. Because see, they got that information yeah. from the dude they was they was um, torturing. Torturing. So now he's beginning to question. Uh oh, wait a minute. Are humans? And he's looking at broils. Yeah. The whole time are humans being able to like hide their thoughts? From hide us? their thoughts from mm-hmm. us and stuff. Mm-hmm. And broils is just it just looking, looking on deadpan like, yeah, what? Because he's trying to block his shit. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. So the next scene bothered me. Mm, yeah. Well. It bothered me because that episode of Fringe, I think it was two years ago, bothered the hell out of me anyway. But Walter drives up to the checkpoint to get to the Penn Station and um, uh, the the little security guy tells him, <clears throat> why are you coming? I need you to show me your ID. And then an observer arrives and says, okay, I'll take care of this. So he shocks Walter, first of all, which I thought, why the hell was that necessary? Yeah. Why, why was, was it necessary it? to shock him? I don't know. I didn't and get it. I didn't get that either. So then Walter turns, I guess, to make it more plausible why Walter would do this, but he was going to do it anyway. He says, well, I need to see your ID. And so Walter says, okay. He turns around. He's got a gas mask on, and he sprays this that, gas. That, it's a toxin. Right. Now, that that's toxin. what they got from the fringe. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He sprays that toxin that makes their mouth and nose close up and their that's, eyes. That's the toxin that seals all your orifices. I don't like that. Oh, yeah, but it's effective. It was cool, to, but it was disturbing. It was disturbing. Uh, but it was great, though. They are jumping bad. The observer act like he didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. He was struggling to breathe as well. well. Yeah. And so then they all come out... Uh, Peter and Olivia. And uh, so actually it was Peter and Walter get out to go into Penn Station and and Olivia and uh, Etta drive around to try to wait for them. Of course, they all start fighting. There's a fight, uh, you know, trying to uh, shoot at them. Yeah. One of the guards sees them going down into the underground uh, part of the Penn Station where they do find the plans that Walter hid and, um, but they're, you know, they're going to have to shoot their way out of the place basically. Yeah. So they do. And then Olivia and Etta throw some gas masks on and shoot those big bazooka gun, those like Mm -hmm. t-shirt guns they have at games and shoots more of that gas out and more people get all their orifices, uh, plugged up, which sealed. Yeah. It was just tough to watch. But one of them is dying, but he puts a tracker on their car. Which actually is pretty smart. Right, but 
I, I hated that though. So yeah, you know like they're gonna be either. able to find where they at. I didn't like that, but at the time I didn't know that that happened. Yeah, well, yeah, because he obviously had something in his hand and he went like that. No, he didn't. He didn't see that. He just fell up against the car. Yeah. Well. Anywho, so they are off, which I thought was strange. They went off to some like, what do you call it, underpass to look at the plans to see what it was talking about, and of course it's in this. Equation, mathematical equation. Well, first of all, stuff. Anna led them to that particular site because she had already coordinated with Broyles that he was going to meet him there. But we didn't know that. Right, but... At the time, we don't know that, Sister Jay. All we know is the scene comes up and they're sitting underneath this uh, highway looking at plans. I'm like, why the hell would you stop the car <laughs> underneath the damn highway? <laughs> why don't you go back home or somewhere where you could be hidden back to the lab? They can't go back to the lab. Well, thank goodness they didn't because then we find out the car was uh, tagged. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Broyles drives up and that was, I thought, a good scene. It was, where it was good. He sees Olivia... And, and for the first time since, and Peter and Walter, mm-hmm. and explains how him and Etta kind of got together. Well, he says she recruited him into the resistance, <clears throat> and she right. taught him how to uh, shield his thoughts. Right. So, but at the time that he, about, he saw her at a crime scene, yeah, and and saw her and took her under his wing. But what I liked about that scene was when Broyle said that he said, and and uh, the Etta. I was going to look out for her, but she ended up looking out for right. me. But when he uh, told them that she taught him how to mask his thoughts, then Peter just looked so proud. His little facial expression. Well, he, he said, how long did so it take? Proud. And he said, a year. Mm-hmm. And Peter, but to me, Peter was looking like, well, shit, I ain't got no damn year. Oh, I don't <clears> think so. <throat> anyway, all of a sudden, as they're talking, a observer shows up. Well, first of all, Broyles is before that. He's giving them all kind of weapons. He's got a trunk full of weapons. Yeah. They got antimatter batons, which comes in handy later. They got all these weapons. So, and then that's when the observers catch up to them. So, you know, Broyles uh, has everything in his car and he takes off in the car. Well, but yeah, he skipped the good part to me. Oh. One of the parts I really liked is that when the observer came or showed up, appeared, which annoys me that they can just appear like that. Anyway, he says to the observer, before you even realize what's going on, he goes, oh, oh, it's okay. I've got him. I'm just about to arrest him. Oh, yeah, he did. And acting like he was about to arrest him, pulls mm-hmm. out his gun and ba-bam. Yep. Bye-bye, observer. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> one thing I, I liked about... uh the, the weapons he was showing them, he did say this to them. He Those antimatter batons, he told them, once they're activated, they cannot be deactivated. So you got to, you know, get on out of there. So, you know, yeah, that was a little foreshadowing. So they all run. Broyles takes out with his car because they say, you don't, we don't need you caught because you, you yeah. need to keep you where you're they at. Keep you high up. Yeah, because yeah, so he's handy. They get to running. They get separated. As soon as they run, there's Ethan Windmark and some other observer, which again, back to that statement that Peter made, I was thinking the same thing. Well, how the fuck do they ever expect to win anything if these fools can just pop in whenever the hell they want? (laughs) Pop in and pop out. 
they they well they can't I mean they can teleport so and then apparently they can see through walls and shit because as they're running off somewhere I don't see him but then the when Mark goes and points in the direction he's like oh they went that way basically mm-hmm. but he catches Etta. Well, they end up in a warehouse, and they're mm-hmm. they're shooting with the loyalists back and forth. They get separated. Uh, Walter and Etta get separated from Peter and Olivia, and so she she kind of tells Walter to run on while she covers them, and then they get separated. Of course, Walter's off somewhere else, so she's all by herself. When Winmark pops in again, which I, I still am like annoyed with that shit. I'm annoyed with him. When Mark? Yeah. Yes, I know. You need to get pop. Mm. And of course, he snatches up Etta, and I'm thinking, oh shit, what's she gonna do? Well, it, first of all, he's looking at that necklace, and then he realizes that's the blonde that Peter bought the necklace for. And so he's asking her, Etta, for what, what purpose? You, yeah, what was the purpose? What, what and purpose? I love this scene. When, she, mm-hmm. when he had her bite, well, I didn't love it, but I, I know. like how they did the scene. Yeah, that was good. While he is choking her, she shuts her eyes, and it goes black, and I'm thinking, that can't be the end of the show. No. And then it shows her blowing, as a baby, blowing out the little milkweed. I know. And then showing Peter and her at the park, and I liked how they did that in those little flashes. And so then she opens her eyes, and he's looking at her like, oh, love. Mm, It's for "Mm." love, huh? For love. So she tries to stab him, but he, of course he's too quick. Now, my question was, I realized she had to try to do something. You had to. But she she had to know he was going to be too fast. Well, I think he read it because she was probably choking for air. He had already kicked her around, knocked mm-hmm. her into some shit. Yeah. She probably couldn't block her thoughts as good as she thought she was. Yeah. And so he probably knew that she was about to reach for that knife. So he, he blocks her, and then he tells her, you never, you never know when to give up. Nope. And he shoots at her. Shoots her? I can't believe I was he like, shot what her. the fuck? He shot her in the stomach. Shot, shot, shot something her. Point blank. And then just went on. Left. Now, okay, that's another part that I thought was kind of bunk. How is he just going to leave? Leave her there and leave. In my opinion, he would have stayed there thinking they the people come. would come back. Because that's what he told the other observers. Yeah, but he wouldn't have actually left, in my opinion. But anyway, but, we'll let that go. Yeah. Suspend our belief for that. So but Anyway, so he leaves and goes back outside and I guess helps join the search for the rest of them. And by that point, they've heard the gunshot. Olivia's like, oh, Etta. And they run and find her, of course, dying, which I was upset about myself yeah very upset about and peter is saying no 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 she's telling him look you can't you have to leave me he's trying to stop the blood olivia's kind of looking like in shock and Edda's telling them all they got to go and she's activated one of those antimatter bombs yep so they gotta go really so they have to go they have to or else they gotta try to pick her up Take her with them in, within less than a minute. But they're not going to make that. Which they though. won't make that. Mm-mm. And so, you know, Olivia tells her how much she loves her. And um, Etta hands her her necklace with the little bullet on it. And Peter is like, no, I can't do this again. I can't, I can't leave her. And Walter's telling him, we have to go. 
We have to go. And so then, then they flash us back outside to the observers. Mm-hmm. And they're telling Winmark. Winmark's what, telling them. Well, no, they came to him and said, we couldn't find them in building two and three or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where they went. And he's like, oh, they probably went back for her. Because of love. Because of love. So he, they all morph back into the room where Etta's dying or probably already dead at this point. Mm, she might be. And he sees that the necklace is gone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, they did come back. And then he sees about three seconds before it goes off the bomb. So then the bomb flashes. I'm thinking, good, at least he died. No, he No, he done out. teleported out. But wait, this is the part I thought was jacked. You didn't see the other observers teleport out, did no, you? No, they didn't. They got... <laughs> he was saving his ass. He was saving his punk ass. Yeah. Yeah. He I did not that. warn them t- uh, telepathically or anything like, uh-oh, you got to go. We got to go. Yeah. No. He punk teleported ass. out because he punk was alone. Punk ass fool. Well. Yeah. I was so... First of all, I was upset that... that they killed her They killed Etta. I, I liked Etta. One of the few mm, characters mm, they mm. introduce on the show that that for a long period of time that I liked and I wanted to stay around, gone. I mean, that whole complex is just imploded. Oh yeah, it the whole thing. The whole exploded. block. Yeah, it's just. And then they, the other mm. scene that was really sad is the very last scene they show Walter, Peter, and Olivia watching it explode. Yeah, not saying a word. Finally, Walter says, we've got to go. Yeah, he's trying. He said, come on now. Olivia and Peter ain't moving, and she's kind of fingering the uh, necklace. Finally, she walks off. Peter ain't let budged yet. No. And Walter says, she's gone, son. We've got to go. She's gone. And then Walter walks off, and Peter's just standing there, and you can see his face. I know. And his neck working. I could not believe they killed her off. I, I just, was that was just very, very, very surprising. Very Because it seemed like to me she was a very key character. And a very good character. Yeah. That dynamic of the mm-hmm. family back. But I guess, you know, that was too much together. And I thought they would maybe kill off. I, I don't even know who I thought they would kill off. If they were going to kill off anyone. I didn't think they was going to kill off nobody yet. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, what, we're I only, really what, didn't. Four episodes mm-hmm. in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a tad upset. So anyway, that was yeah. the bullet that saved the world. Yeah, that was a that was a good episode, though. I mean, it had a lot of action in it, and and you know, good scenes and stuff. I, it it was just a shocking ending. Very, very shocking ending. But that's a good episode, though, very because it was something episode. that you re- didn't expect at all. Yeah. Not at all. Okay, let's get into the next episode before we talk about our feedback. Okay. Okay, so then the next episode was an origin story. Yep. And in this one, of course, I knew it was going to be a... It was going to be sad. It was going to be sad. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we see Peter... It has some funny moments, though. Yeah, I laughed when there. Uh, well, of course, it starts out there in Etta's apartment, and then, you know they got to pack up her stuff because you know. Yeah. So they're kind of going through her stuff, kind of loosely. Well, at the time, I didn't realize it was her apartment. Yeah, I kind of figured I thought, it was. Damn, they're packing her shit up already. Well, but we don't know what time frame 
there was in between. Well, true, but I feel like it was awful quick. No, I don't think so. Packing stuff. I don't think so, because if nothing else, they would not want the observers to come in there and, and bother her things. Now that they know she was with the resistance, you know, they would not want that. And But anyway, be that as it may, Peter is, you know, looking around at, at different Packing things. shit. And he notices this little, this little, uh, 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 kind of like impression indent thing on her chest. And he presses it, this whole little picture, big, a big, huge picture on the wall. It, it, it just kind of opens pops, up, kind of opens up. And he's talking about, that's my girl. Well, when he opens it, he sees it. all those guns. I loved it. C4. Everything. He said, that's my girl. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but I, all I know is I kept thinking they're packing her shit up awfully quick. Oh, I didn't Because um, by the part, so he's trying to pack all that shit up in a bag. And he's trying to be quiet because I was assuming he didn't want Olivia to see it. No, she was Olivia in the bed. was asleep. Yeah, she was she in was the bed asleep. Right. She wakes up and she, you know, this is sad. This is a sad part. And she says, you know, I keep, every time I wake up, I keep thinking I've been, I've been dreaming and that it was all just a bad dream. Yeah. And then she starts kind of crying. So that was sad. I kind of teared up on that. Well, scene. she was trying to make a point, you know, why would we yes. all be reunited just to lose her again? Yep. You know, and, and that's what's getting her the most. That's what got me. Why, you know, were they. Yeah. So fortunate to be reunited and she's gone and she's gone and she's gone this time. I mean, she's gone. gone. Yep. And so, go ahead. Well, uh, I was just going to say, as far as them packing up her apartment and stuff, I think that is totally appropriate for the reason that I said. And that's because, you know, they're, they're resistance fighters, whether they want to be or not. They certainly recognize that. Now the observers know all about them, and they knew they were fugitives anyway. But now they they know Etta, so I would not want them at her apartment yeah. going through her stuff. And believe me, the observers would not go. Olivia knows them observers very well. They would not go and search Etta's apartment. They send them loyalists. That's what they do. Yeah. They don't move around much, but they send the other humans to do it. So yeah, I'd be packing up her shit too. All the stuff I wanted to keep or didn't want them to find, yeah, I'd be packing it up too. What I did find interesting, which we didn't, maybe it was just my eyes. What? But when Olivia then, they show her in the bathroom washing her face Mm -hmm. and she sees those pictures hanging up on the yard, you know, and she takes that one picture, um, Etta is with somebody. Yep. And I couldn't tell who it was. It didn't look like Nina to me. It was the the woman who raised her. Somebody right. raised her. And so then I started thinking, oh, well, hey, we're going to get into this. Where, who Probably. raised her? Who, you know, who kind of adopted her? Probably but, at some point, yeah, I think. that would be interesting. Yeah. I think at some point, yes, that's exactly why we were shown that, that particular yeah. scene. So then, you know, we leave that scene and we get to... They're in Manhattan. Yeah, the seeing the observers on the street take this little bitty cube-shaped box out of this little suitcase mm-hmm. and put it on the ground, start it up, and then you see these um, big, huge shipping boxes or crates, crates. coming out right. of this wormhole. Well, it's a, a portal from portal. another world. No, it's a shipping portal from the future. Right. They are shipping parts for that at the time, you big don't old know machine. That. Yeah, but at the time, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. You just see some stuff coming through. 
And then when they shut it down, there's this big, huge, like, burn mark all over mm-hmm. the streets. I'm like, well, shit, how do you think you're going to keep that quiet? <laughs> you know, burned up half the street. Mm-hmm. So then we find out from Anil, he calls at his phone. And so they, they answer, and he's like, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I didn't know if you would answer her phone or not, but I didn't know how to get a hold of you otherwise. But we need to meet. And he tells them and takes them to that spot. Yep. In the street where the observers had done their shipping and tells them he thinks, based on their information they've gotten, that it, they're shipping in, uh, materials back from the future to create their air degradation systems. Yep. And he says, and if this pattern flows like it does in other countries, they will have this up in no time, up and running. Right. But he also says... <clears throat> Anil also t- lets them know that they've captured an observer yep. and they have his notebook, but they can't decipher it. Right. But, and so they give that, that, that notebook to, to Astrid to see if she can. Olivia. Yeah. Well, it's to Olivia. She gives it to Astrid. Right. Anyway, Astrid has the book and she's trying to decode it. Well, you know, Anil, while they're still there and he gives the book to Whoever, him and Peter are talking. He's like, well, what we want to do is we want to destroy their next shipping, their next shipment, so that it will kind of cripple their progress. And Peter's kind of looking around thinking, he goes, look, why just do that? Why don't we destroy the whole thing? The whole thing. Destroy the whole thing, the the whole wormhole, not just the shipment. I see Peter's point, though. Yeah, I do, too. Mm -hmm. And so then... Um, but you know, Walter Walter's disturbed by that. Yeah, because Walter's thinking about <clears throat> all the different things that could go wrong. You know, this whole thing started because of Walter doing <laughs> some similar things. And so he's thinking with, you know, that experience behind yeah. him. And so they're trying to kind of talk him out of it. And Peter's like, I've made up my mind. And he kind of walks off. I mean, he is really adamant in yep. this episode. He said, I, like, I know what I'm going to do. I like what Anil said. When he said, before you go on a journey of revenge, dig two graves. Mm-hmm. Peter's like, and? Oh, and I yeah. love that part. Peter says, I'm not afraid. Of, I'm not the one who's scared to die. He said, but they should be. Mm-hmm. Boop. I tell you. <laughs> Peter was formidable in this I one, I loved though. it. So then back at Harvard. Yep. Then Walter's trying to get Peter to understand that, yes. What you want to do is possible, but it might be too dangerous to destroy the whole corridor, you know? Yeah. And he demonstrates how to turn a worm, worm, wormhole into a black hole by collapsing the other end. That way it'll suck everything in there. And then they can put in one of those antimatter batons in there, mm-hmm. blow the thing up, mm-hmm. in theory. But, you know, but he says, but the cube must be put together properly because when they captured that observer and took his notebook that observer also had one of those cubes right which which yeah. peter got and so peter's trying to put it together mm-hmm. but it's not making he can't put it together without like shocking the shit out now of now this is the scene and, i like though well wait before we get to that scene okay. and then another part that i really liked and i'm liking all like the interaction yeah with trying to deal with what's happened mm-hmm. and everything and them acknowledging it. 
So when um, Astrid is trying to decipher the notebook and putting it into all that language into the decoding program, yeah. and she's just kind of chit-chatting away. I don't know how we're going to figure this out. We, I don't know if these are numbers, letters, whatever. And then she looks at Olivia, and Olivia's just kind of staring into space. I know. And so she kind of grabs Olivia's hand, which I liked, and says, you know, I can do this. You can, you know, you can go and rest, rest or, or whatever. She's like, you've got to be in shock. You've got to be having a hard time that was a sweet scene it was and then olivia just was like you know i just need to stay i just need to focus and stay busy on this Mm -hmm. and you could tell astrid's like yeah it's probably a you know you could tell astrid wanted to say more but she didn't want to say anything Mm -hmm. and olivia you could tell olivia didn't want to break down she was trying to play it cool this is what okay and i don't remember so you know just bear with me here this is not, even though it might be wrong, the wrong th- thought, but this is what I thought at that very moment. I thought, well, why don't they just give it to the other Astrid? Because she's more analytical. But that whole world collapsed, though, didn't it? It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Mm-hmm. There so, ain't no other Astrid. Yeah, see, because, because that's the first thing I thought was because the other Astrid was so analytical, just like a computer. So she probably could have decoded that thing real easy. But Astrid got it eventually anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but that was a good scene though. I like that and scene. I did feel bad for Olivia. Oh, yes. I felt real bad because she was having trouble concentrating. She was just like, and you could tell she was just, you know, thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. Oh, and so before that we get to that scene you want to start with, mm-hmm. then, you know, um, Peter and Walter talk about the wormhole thing mm-hmm. and Peter gets ready to leave and Olivia's saying, you know, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I don't know about this. Why don't we just stick with Walter's plan and we can deal with the other part later or you just whenever. That's because she's afraid and of losing he's like, well, what's, You know, he's like, well, I can do this. What's the problem? Are you worried about me? And she's like, well, yeah, I am. I don't want to yeah. lose you. Yeah. And he, you know, he kind of stops and slows down enough to talk to her and says, you know, nothing's going to happen. I, I need to do this. And I love this scene with them two together. Yeah. Because this that is was the good. first time really, with the, you know, when they since they've kind of gotten back together that we've seen them talk about their feelings and stuff yeah. for each other. And so I love when he said, um, our daughter dedicated her life to freeing us. Now we are going to dedicate ours to making sure that means something. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, so I did saying, too. I don't care what you want to do. Yeah. I, we going to make sure she didn't die for nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what and plus, my priority is, which I think we talked about this before, yeah. which it feels like a reversal of how they felt mm-hmm. when they lost her at age three. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. Based on that first episode yep. when, or second episode Whatever. Whatever. When she, when he said, you went on to try to save the world, mm-hmm. and I was so... just And I was looking for her the right. whole time. So it's kind of switched up. It, it, yeah, except, of course, she's not looking for her, but yeah. you know, she's grieving. She's just grieving in a different way, but, but let's face it. Peter is driven by revenge. He mm-hmm. is mad as shit. I love it. And he is he angry. He's yeah. angry and hurt and bitter. Yep. And he's getting more bitter and more bitter the first time he starts torturing that daggum observer. That was a cool scene, though, when he was putting together that little thing. Well, but that's even that's even later. 
He yeah. when he first talks to that observer, he's just talking. Yeah, he is. I'm collected, you know. And the observers just looking at him like, your your buddies tried to torture me and they didn't get nothing out of me, so you're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you nothing. And then he just kind of cocks his head to the side and says, "Oh, you think you're going to succeed where they failed?" And mm-hmm. Peter's looking at him like, "Yeah, yeah, and yeah, mm-hmm. I am. Yep." <laughs> And I love it when Peter was like, you and I both know you ain't never walking out of here. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I was like, go, Peter. Well, before he does that, though, Anil tells Peter that the the observer's abilities are aided by tech. Yes. And he shows him that tech piece in the back of, uh, of the observer's neck. Yes. He shows him, uh, he points to a chip in the back of the, the observer's neck. Mm-hmm. And so, that, which we've never known before. No, we didn't. So then, that's when Peter starts. Actually, what Peter's doing, in my opinion, he's he's kind of taunting the observer. Yeah, but it's all verbal at first. Yep. It's all verbal at first. And so, but this is the thing that got me. He got that observer's eye jacked open. Like, you know, when they're going to do eye surgery on you or something, and they got to peel your eyelids back so you don't blink. And then he's got this camera real close up on his eye. So while Peter's sitting at the table putting these parts together to the cube, then he's watching the dilation of of the observer's eye. Yeah. Which, to me, I thought was a good plan. It was. I mean, it was was a good plan. And he was, but just by the way he was talking to him and stuff, he, he was really taunting him, like... You know, telling him, you think, you you observe, you think you so smart and stuff. Well, we got smarts, too. You know. Well, and the observer is telling him, I don't, he says, why would I even think twice about you? I think of yeah. humans as ants. I know. And why would I care about and I one didn't like that bottom of the shoe shit. another ant. Yeah. He says, when you look up and see a black sky, he says, you think of it as something's as it means something. Yeah. It's really just the bottom of my shoe. I didn't like that. I thought, ooh, jack him up. <laughs> jack him. I went, ooh, man, that's cold-blooded. Yeah. That was cold-blooded. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about all the ants that I done crushed in my day. Well, the bottom yeah. of my shoe. You know what? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in the meantime, back at the lab, uh-huh. Walter brings Olivia a tape um, that he found of one of Etta's birthdays yeah. and tells her that her and Peter need to watch this so they can remember what they had and face the pain together. Well, because the pain's never going to be hidden. It's not going to go away. It's going to always be there. Well, before that, though, the, uh, Astrid lets them know that she's decoded the book. Well, it's at the same time. Yeah. She she's decoded the book. Yeah. And, and it's now... A shipment is going to be that afternoon, so they got to jump on it. Right. A new shipment is coming in. So, you know, Pete, back at the, where the observer, Peter gets him, gets the um, cube all put together. And and um, the observer, did, did you notice, though, he he looked really surprised that Peter put it all together. Well, as he's putting it together, he goes, well, you, you know, he said, I'm impressed. Yeah. Because he did put it together mm-hmm. without blowing them up. <laughs> so the next thing we see them out on the street, yep, where they're going to try to uh, try to take care of the. Um, they're going to try to implode worm, that worm. Yeah, the wormhole. Mm-hmm. And it was a good point, which I didn't think of until it happened. When they acted, when he activated the cube, yep. and then the observers were on the other down the street trying to activate their cube. 
before their cube even got activated, the wormhole was opening. Open. They're like, uh, something ain't right here. Exactly. See, and that's the only thing because they had that couple of seconds early uh, notice, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, so damn. So, of course, then we get the damn morphing into the space shit that I don't like where an observer just poof appears right there where Peter's at. Yep. Knocks Peter all upside the head, knocks yep. him down all, uh, across the room. Um, and they have a tussle here and there. Olivia finally shoots him. Yep. Which, you know, that's good, but. Because Peter's up on this building, and he's supposed to be shooting this. Yeah, he's shooting in the wormhole. Yeah, shooting this bomb so or something he, in the wormhole. You know, he finally gets up and shoots the bomb in there, and of course, it all kind of sucks back in on itself. But then they look across down the street and there's another shipment coming through because, of course, it didn't damage the whole shipping lane. It just hurt that one opening. Yeah. So um, Peter and Olivia are like, what the hell? We thought we destroyed it. So they're in the van with Anil on the street and Peter's like, okay, I got to go get some answers. Mm -hmm. Olivia is trying to call Peter back. She's on the phone with Walter and them. And then she tries to chase after Peter, but Peter done already booked. As she turns around to go back to the van, though, I like this scene, too. She sees all the resistance posters that are up with, with um, Etta's face on them. I know it. And just the one word, resist. Resist, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she looks down the street or the alley, and there's a whole bunch of them all over. All over. Because mm-hmm. the part I did skip that I like, too, that she... When they first hooked up with Anil on the street, and he says, "I'm so sorry for what happened," mm-hmm. and she was a she was real important, to, not just to me, but to the to the movement of the resistance. And he could tell she was uncomfortable talking about her. Yeah. And he says, "And I hope one day you'll understand how important she yeah. was." Yeah. And so I kind of thought back to that scene when she was mm-hmm. looking at all the posters, thinking she didn't realize how they really kind of held her up as mm-hmm. the. Well, think about it. She was a person who could withstand being read by observers. But not only that, she she knew how to teach others to do it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She was formidable. So, you know. So, Peter is hopping mad. I love this. Ooh, he he rushes back to that observer, and he is hopping mad. He snatches some plastic off the side. Goes straight to the observer and puts it over his head. He is trying to suffocate that, that food. And he is gasping. Mm-hmm. That And that, he really had, they really had plastic over somebody's face. Face, I know. I couldn't have done that. Ooh, that's a good actor to not freak the hell out. Well, he he was kind of, but you know, that was, oh. that was for Ooh. the part. So once the, once Peter let the observer, he, he, yeah, let him breathe. He's still tied up. Then the observer's telling him, look, you saw what you wanted to see, just like you humans always do. My eyes were- dilated only because I was looking at a fly. And when that fly flew off the wall, <laughs> I said, oh, no, he lying. Well, yeah. I didn't believe it. I think that's what he believes. Yeah. But I like Peter's response. And he says, um... You're basically human. Your origins are human. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you're saying to me, Mm -hmm. I know that. Oh, because he was saying, um, or was this earlier that he said, I'm not afraid to die. The observer said, 
I'm not scared to die. And Peter says, oh, but you have self, your, your, your origins are human. And right. all humans have that instinct <clears throat> to want to survive. Exactly. Now, what Peter tells him, though, what Peter is yelling and screaming at yes. him is that if I had the tech that you had, I'd be ten, ten times, times what your asses are. Yes. You know? And then, and when Peter said those words, it's just like the thought got him and he went, oh, hell no. He went and got a scalpel. Ooh, Turn that terrible. motherfucker over. And he <laughs> cut. He cut that tech out of that observer's Dude, that looked head. like it hurt. Oh, yeah. And that observer was t- oh. shaking. I think he probably cut his spinal cord, too. But he died. That he observer died. died. But, but Peter, this is the thing that got me about Peter doing that, though. He was not the least bit concerned oh, about that. the pain he was no, causing. He, he said, can he feel <clears throat> that? Yeah. The pain of a piece of you being torn out, that's the pain a father feels when he loses a child. Ain't that something? And he was Ooh. like, and, and yeah. I loved it. I did his too. His face, he's like, ugh, unconcerned, like he was just yeah. cutting into a steak or and something. And he cut, and that oh, observer, feel that? he felt that pain in because he, he was sure squirming and shit. Oh, mm. it was good. He died. I was, I was, yeah, I was shocked that they showed that. I was shocked, but I was glad Peter killed him, though. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was glad. So, so then, on the, uh, oh back at the lab, God. Olivia is watching the birthday tape. I know. And watching little Etta, baby Etta as a baby, and her and Peter, you know, with her and the mm-hmm. love that they obviously all had together. And I think she gets what Walter was trying to say. Yep. And um, so then they flash back to Peter, and he's, which I thought was kind of funny. Oh, no, I didn't ra- think it was well, funny. Not, the, not what he did, but. That random bathroom and sink set up in yeah, that building. right there. He's it's in the middle there. of the building. I'm like, okay. But that's the way the old buildings are because they tear out stuff around it. Well, you know, anyway, it's a real old building. But he is in the mirror. And as soon as I saw him in the mirror, I was like, oh, oh don't no. do it. Don't do it. He cut his own neck Woo. and shoved that tech in his spine. No, he didn't shove shit. He yeah, held, it just went he in. He held the tech to his neck, and it slid up in there on its, it's own. It slid up in the base of his neck. I was like, "What the shit?" And then he was so like, "The tech is like move." But he was he was grimacing though. Well, yeah, it hurt. Oh shit! But this is what got me. The tech is like alive and on its own. Yeah, because it slid up in there. Yeah. That got me too. Yeah, that kind of freaked me a little bit. I said, "Oh no!" So while he's grimacing and grunting and shit, I'm Olivia called him on the phone. Peter, Olivia calls and says, "I need you. I want you to come home, mm-hmm. and I want us. Etta would want us to survive this and do it together." And she tells him that she loves him, and he says he loves her too. And then I guess he hangs up the phone, but I'm not really. He sure. does. He hangs up, and he's grunting and grimacing, and then he's looking in the mirror. All fierce and shit. Well, but but he's like that tech has taken hold. It's taken hold of him, but it, it but it take a minute, you know. Ooh, Lord, that, that was, was so, so good. good. But the way I mean, I, Joshua Jackson, his looks are oh excellent. God. He is the awesome. The way he was looking, he gonna deal with some observers in some upcoming episodes. Gosh, that's gonna was, be awesome. Yeah, it was. It was good. So that was an excellent I was, episode. I was just freaking. Now I really like that episode, though. Yeah, I, I really, really like that because I'm thinking, yeah, get something in there that can kick their butts. Oof. Do something to them. Dang. They're going to have to suffer at some point. Something. Anyway. Okay. 
All right. Well, um, did we have we, feedback? Yeah, we did. Okay. Our um, first email is from Bunny. Hey, Bunny. Hey, Bunny. She says, hi, my sisters. How are you? She says, okay, okay, okay. I was wrong. <laughs> Etta was a good person. She was. I still like my thoughts. At least she would be alive. Mm-hmm. I started watching and catching up. <laughs> okay. I started watching and catching up on The Walking Dead. I do not know if I should say thank you or what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be doing that podcast too. Hmm. <sighs> um, so she talks more about The Walking Dead, which we'll talk about on our Walking Dead podcast. And she says, I hope you both are well, and I will call or email again soon, Bunny. Thank you, Bunny, for that email. Thank you, Bunny. And we're glad that you're watching Fringe. Yeah. Yeah, and Anna, you know, Anna is a good was a good person, and I know she's talking about that theory right. you and her had that she was raised by the observers. Or maybe kind of like a possibility. A, a possibility. Yeah. A, a double agent. All maybe. we said was it was a possibility. We didn't say that's what really happened. No, no, no. Anyway. But thank you. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm glad she wasn't a double agent, but mm. I'm really sad that she's gone. I, I am too. Actually we did not have any uh voicemails. So, or any other feedback. So, um, okay. that was it for French. All right. It was a great two episodes. The last two episodes so. were some of my not favorite subjects, but I think were some favorite. of the best episodes. Best so far. Yeah, that we've had yeah. in the season so far. I think so too. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens now that Peter's got this tech in him. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, to send your feedback, uh, send us an email at sisterspeak at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at underscore sister J and underscore sister K. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash sisterspeak podcast. And our website is sisterspeakpodcast.com. That's it for now. I'm sister K. And I'm sister J. See you next time. Thank you.